Welcome to The Bottleneck. The Bottleneck is a podcast dedicated to the love of factory and automation games. We are here to bring you the latest news and game reviews in the genre. I'm your host, Chris, joined by my fellow co-host, longtime friend, and virtual drinking buddy, Dave. We have decades of gaming experience across a wide variety of gaming genres, and in the past couple of years have shared a deep appreciation for factory and automation games. We'll start off today by talking about our first bottleneck, what's in the glass. What are you drinking tonight, Dave? Uh, I've had a bit of a sore throat. I've been spent about two weeks fighting off a cold that I got from my two-year-old. Um, so I started things off tonight with uh, a variant on a hot toddy that I like to drink. It's very, very pleasant. It's a little bit of honey, a little bit of lemon juice, some, uh, in this case, bourbon. Any dark liquor will do. I usually do either bourbon or dark rum. And then some uh, boiling water. And it feels really nice on the throat. Oh, that sounds lovely. Oh, yeah. Especially this time of year. It's cold some places. Maybe not where you are. <laughs> That's true. I'm uh, sipping on the uh, Der Schwarzbach. Schwarzbach. It's uh, one of the Advent beers out of the Casco Advent calendar. And it's, you know, a nice, dark, roasty German beer. It's very, very good. Um, every single one of the beers in this pack is phenomenal. Uh, over the last four or five years that we've done them, I think we maybe had one bad beer out of it. So highly recommend it if there's any Costco members. But nice. I'm a huge fan of German dark beers. They're always so malty. I love a good, good malty dark beer. Yeah, definitely delicious. Maybe you should pick this up next year. I'll have to let you know when it starts to hit the stores. So the past few weeks, we've had a pretty slow new season when it comes to patch updates, but we did get one from Autonauts versus Pirate Bots. There was a good bit of quality of life updates, updates to um, just how you're managing your bots within the games. Uh, so overall, I think you'll be pleased with the updates that came out with that one. Additionally, Final Upgrade is now version 1.0. It's released. Um, definitely check it out. I just recently completed a complete playthrough of the game and highly recommend it as a as another game to check out in the genre. In other automation game news, Firehose Games, makers of Tectonica, announced updates to the Echo Sketch, which is very hard to pronounce. It's the 3D map that you use to navigate. One of my major pet peeves about that in the demo was that it was hard to tell where you were on the map because of the way the colors blended together and the colors that they had for your character and the different topography. Um, They're fixing that. They have some like before and after pictures in their latest post, and it looks great in the new version. They're also adding like little images of buildings, even animated ones. And most importantly, they're adding uh, they're adding the location of deposits to the Echo Sketch, which is very excellent. I'm still itching to get my hands on this one again. The demo is still out there, so you can still play it in that state, but I've already played through that one pretty hard, so I'm really excited to see them keep moving forward with this one and hopefully actually release it in early access soon. Well, you actually got to play the Alpha too, which had more content than the demo, didn't it? Uh, a little bit, I think, but not too much. Okay. Yeah, it's. I'm with you. It's uh, 
probably my number one game that I'm looking forward to in the next year. So hopefully they don't delay the release of it too much. So with the holiday season upon us and a lot of people out there traveling, visiting family, uh, overall just moving around, we thought we would look at several games that'll help you scratch the automation and factory game itch while you don't have access to your primary gaming computer. So games that are great on a mobile device or that don't necessarily work on the highest powered computer. You know, these are a little bit of the I guess you would call them the lower def games or something with not as graphically intense uh, gameplay to them. So something a little more friendly if you're playing in an airplane or on a long car ride to go visit the in-laws. The first one that came to mind was Mindustry. Mindustry is a mainly a mobile game. I think it first came out on iOS and Android, but it's now available on Windows, Mac, and Linux. Uh, it's kind of a hybrid between a factory an automation game, and also a tower defense game. Your goal is to build out a complex factory, mainly to make ammo to feed your defense turrets to ward off waves of of oncoming hostiles. I thought the learning curve on this was pretty easy. There's a whole research tree where you unlock, you mine different resources, you got to smelt them, turn it in ammo. There's a whole tutorial and campaign modes that go along with it. And recently I found out that there's actually a multi-version or a multiplayer version of the game that you can use to play against your friends in kind of a, a 1v1 or 2v2 type of situation. Um, overall, though, you know, for playing on mobile, I thought it was pretty f- friendly. The controls were easy to use. And next thing you know, a couple hours were wasted in playing this game. So definitely one to take a look at. Yeah, that's one that I have, but I never really got into. Um, I should probably give it another look. I just, I don't know. I, I don't usually sit down and have longer gaming sessions on my phone. Uh, I try to avoid it because I try to avoid looking at my phone as much as possible. But this seems like one that would be a good one to just sit there and poke away at, maybe on a long drive. I think a lot of these mobile games, you know, just given game playing in general, if you had a tablet, probably going to be the ideal situation. Just more screen real screen real estate. Um, a couple of these I play on a cheap Android tablet, and it still plays just fine, even though it's not by any means a graphical or CPU powerhouse. But yeah, I think that just goes unsaid, right? You know, if you have a tablet, access to a tablet, it's going to play better just from the screen real estate alone. However, you know, if you're really itching to play a factory game, these will definitely work on a on a cell phone. The second one is Shapes. It is available on Windows, Mac, Linux, uh, but it's pretty simple, so it can work on just about any computer. It, in fact, even runs in a browser at shapes.io. You can't do it on mobile devices, but any computer, basically, you can do this on. It's a pretty simple factory game, in concept at least. You mine shapes and colors from the world, cut the shapes apart, put them together in different ways, color them, stack them. As you make increasingly complex things, you unlock more technology that lets you do more interesting things like mix colors or improve the speed of belts, things like that. Um, For a very simple concept with a pretty small, uh, small base of things that you can build from, It's got some really interesting challenges in logistics. Um, 
the fact that it's not coming from sort of the same place as your traditional iron, copper, etc., lets them do some neat stuff and leads to more crazy combinations of things than you might find in a normal factory game. I find it quite enjoyable. The, the only thing I'd say is not my favorite about it is that there's kind of a central repository that everything needs to flow to to do your research um, in just like one location. You can't build you know, research labs all over the place or anything like that. It's not my favorite style, but this is still a really fun game. It has a lot of interesting variation, and it's just a big departure from your basic iron, copper, etc. that you find in so many factory games. And like you with Mindustry, this is one that I haven't played yet, but I've seen a lot of gameplay videos on it. Um, I do like that it's, you know, this is definitely on the, the casual side of it, right? Or Mindustry and and re and Refactory that we'll talk about next. You know, there's combat in it. There's things uh, uh, attacking you and blowing you up. You know, this one seems very casual. You can pick it up, put it down whenever you want. Yeah, it seems to be a pretty good game for that purpose. Yeah, very low pressure, but still quite complex as you go along. And then the next one on the list is Refactory. If you're looking for something that's as close to a Factorio clone as you can get, uh, this is probably the game for you. There's an uncanny resemblance in the game from the crashed ship in the beginning all the way to creatures that attack you that very much resemble biters from Factorio. So... So it's a little uncanny, you know, where do they get that idea from and all that. But, you know, that's also not a bad thing. They do say, what is it, uh, imitations, the best form of flattery. So um, this game is definitely it. Now, once you get into the game, it definitely diverges pretty quickly from Factorio. So uh, the research tree is something to completely different. Uh, how you lay things out, there's no inserters, you have to directly pipe things to specific spots on buildings. There's automation for cutting down trees and feeding it into burners to generate electricity. Um, your ship has its own gun on top of it to ward off the biters. There's an auto repair. You get drones right off the bat for building things. So instead of having an avatar, um, you kind of play in a God mode and uh, tag things to be con constructed and then drones from your ship go out and and build it out um, overall you know there is a tutorial there's the campaign for it i thought it was from a control standpoint is very easy to use you can just drag your finger on the screen to make belts tap on the items there's a rotate button you can move things around in some cases if you misplace them um, you know some of the games are unforgiving if you play something you have to dismantle it to, to move it around this one there's a little bit of finesse in it with certain buildings so that's fun especially considering that you're playing with your fingers on a screen it's you know you need a little little bit of, of for forgiveness there um this is available for um, it's on steam for windows only so no mac or linux unfortunately uh, but there is iOS and Android support for mobile devices, and you can also play it out of a browser on a Windows computer. So that's possible as well. Yeah, I, I've played this one on my phone, too. Um, as usual, it's a little better on a tablet, I assume, but it's still quite fun. 
I can't quite remember. Is it a you buy it outright or is it one of those where you can play a little bit of it for free and then you have to buy it if you want to keep going? I think the version I had was free and then yeah, after a certain point you have to buy the rest of the game. Yeah, there's an extra missions pack when you're inside of it to unlock levels four th- or two through five. And then there there is a puzzle mode in it, and you can do a custom game. There's a map editor and all that, so looks like there's some ability for replayability on it as well. All right. Buildermint is another mobile game that I've played. Unfortunately, it is only on iOS, not on Android, not on Steam or anything else. Um, it's... You, you're mining wood or stone, copper, iron, coal, etc. I think there's one other, one uh, unique resource that's not an actual thing in it as well. Make increasingly complex things, uh, and you have to belt them into a central location, a lot like in shapes. And that uh, each building you send there, or each item that you send there from your buildings, either gives you credit towards a new tech that you're researching that requires a certain number of items. Or if it's not what you're trying to research, that gives you money that you use to build new buildings. So instead of, you know, creating belts and inserters and such, well, there are no inserters, but instead of creating belts in the various buildings, um, you just use money to buy, to build things. Um, it feels a lot like shapes, but with the sort of traditional factory game skin, it's a nice, mindless, low-challenge factory game. There's no pressure, no enemies or anything. You're just trying to trying to go up the tech tree and see how crazy of a factory you can build. Yeah, and I'd love to provide some input on this. Unfortunately, I don't own any iOS devices in my house. So this one's unfortunately not one that I can play at this time. And then the next game on our list is Sandship. Uh, Sandship is probably the mobile game that I've had the most screen time with. I like it a lot. There's blueprinting in it. There's a nice progression with the research and how you build. You can, uh, you need a mixture of money in the game and objects that you create, different components to level up, to build buildings, um, to build different items within the buildings. Your little ship has you kind of build different um, like mini factories on top of your ship from like a small building to large to extra large. You can blueprint different sections of it. So you're not, which is really hard on a mobile devices, right? To constantly build things over and over again, one at a time, being able to copy a section and paste it down to build it out makes it much more friendly. Um, I think it has a cool storyline to it, too. It's kind of like a post-apocalyptic. Your little ship's just going out through the desert sand. It's kind of the whole premise be behind it. There's puzzles in the game. Some of them are really challenging. There's a tower defense aspect of the game. And then overall, I just like the gameplay. You know, this one was probably my favorite one that I've played so far. And then it's there's always the one catch to it, right? You finally find one that's really good, you like it a lot, and it's plagued by something that it shouldn't be plagued by, and that's, you know, it requires an internet connection to play, and it 
is constantly saving your progress to the server. It actually runs. It's a it's a persistent game, so it's running even when you're not in the game. And if you don't have an active internet connection, and you get a connection failure. Whatever progress you made in between the last time it gave an update to the server, it's like every 10 or 15 minutes, and the next time it tried to check in and it fails, it actually kicks you out of the game and you lose all that progress. So early on when I was playing this, I, I don't know, I probably fought with it for a week, constantly losing progress over and over and over again until you know, I had to set it down for a while and actually emailed the developers telling them they need to fix this because it's unplayable. <laughs> but you know, it's one of those, it's a bummer that I wish I could play it on an airplane while I'm traveling, but since it requires that internet connection, then it, you know, basically I can't play it unless I'm somewhere where I have either cell service or, or internet connection. So kind of a bummer because I think it is one of the best in terms of the gameplay for this type of, of factory and automation game. Yeah, that is annoying. I, I played this one a little bit too. I remember being a little bit frustrated by it seemed like some of the techs or some of the upgrades you needed like certain special items to get that you got in like time gated um, random loot boxes. It seemed like. Um, I don't know if I'm remembering that right. No, you're you're absolutely right. There's like. Yeah, there's crates in it, and sometimes you need certain like data chips or data cards to do um, to do your research and your upgrades. And yeah, this you know it's kind of a, a microtransaction type game. You know, it's I believe it's free to play and install, but you know they definitely push you in some cases to buy those crates to get the upgrades or to be able to upgrade faster. Now I've I really haven't given them any money yet because I was plagued with so many issues. I wasn't going to give them money yet until they, you know, fix their issues, but I've been able to progress pretty, pretty, pretty well in it still. Yeah. It seemed like as long as you weren't in a hurry, you would be fine, but you were uh, shepherded towards spending some money. So if you're, if you get frustrated by that, maybe give this one a miss. So those are the the major games that we've got that work on lower power machines or on mobile devices pretty well. Uh, we do want to give an extra shout out to Combine and Conquer. It's being made by someone who is an active member of our Discord. It's still an early alpha, but does seem to have a lot of potential. You know, pretty lo-fi graphics, but uh, still a decent aesthetic. It's got some really good ideas, including making modules out of like a group of buildings, turning them into essentially one building that you can create. Um, it's you know it's early, but you can buy it for five bucks on itch. Uh, there's a demo available too, I believe, and it's going to be releasing on Steam fairly soon, in about a week from when we're recording this, so probably around when you're listening to it, if you listen to it right away. Uh, but yeah, that's a that's a Neat one to check out, and we'll be looking forward to seeing where the development of that goes. And then the last couple m mentions for games while you're on the road. Um, don't forget that both Factorio and Autonauts are both available on the Switch now. So you always have an option to game on the go with both of those titles. 
And then, you know, if you're one of the lucky people that picked up a Steam Deck, then you have a lot more options back to the normal library of games available on Steam. So those are always some options, but we thought we'd get you some some other options in the genre that don't quite require a dedicated platform like a Switch or Steam Deck at this time. But those are always good options to have in case you're one of the few that are not really one of the few, but, you know, somebody that happens to own one of those platforms as well. Yeah, at some point, we're going to get a Steam Deck and talk about how all these games play on it. But neither one of us has it yet. Although I might be ordering mine in the next week, so I might be a Christmas present to myself this year. So, Very nice. So on top of traveling the meat family and playing some fun mobile games, it's time to talk about what's in the glass, part two, 2.0. What are you drinking now, Dave? Uh, I switched to an old standby. I'm sure I've talked about it before, but Great Lakes Brewing Company, Edmund Fitzgerald Porter, one of my all-time favorites. Oh, absolutely. Uh, oh, yeah. Just a nice, multi, uh, delicious porter. How about you? I'm on to the uh, Earl Koenig Hellas from Earl Brow. It's another one. Uh, this is actually today's advent calendar pick. So... Another one out of the Costco Advent Calendar, but a delicious Hellas. Little light for this time of year, but you know, I get to try twenty-four different German beers over twenty-four days that I normally wouldn't get to drink. So, not arguing too much. Yep, you'll survive. Yeah, and that that Edmund Fitzgerald—that's one of my one of my top three probably from from the Great Lakes Brew. I think Nosferatu is probably my favorite, followed by Edmund Fitzgerald, and then probably Christmas Ale. So. Good offerings. Probably one of my top three beers to just sit and drink at any given time. It's not not too alcoholic, not too heavy, just delicious. And uh, I, I love always having it, some sitting in the fridge. And speaking of Great Lakes, did I tell you we were, we were walking through the local Total Wine and More the other day and turned the corner and there was a massive stack of Great Lakes Christmas sale in there in the middle of Arizona. Excellent. I just like my jaw hit the floor and I immediately grabbed two cases and put it in the cart because, you know, it's not often you, gotta... you get Great Lakes west of the Mississippi. So, yep. Very exciting. So we've been chipping away at that, having a couple here or there, making it last throughout the season, but we're already a case down. And uh, of course, it's a pretty good year for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, the spices aren't as in your face as years past. You know, it's yes. much more balanced. And uh, yes, that's probably our favorite part about it. And uh, yeah, because last year's was, I think, even talking with my mother about it, right? She's like, the clove was just in your face last year. And yes. And this year, it's uh, one of the worst batches, I'd say. Yeah. And this year, they, they redeem themselves. I think they learned from that mistake. And yeah, it's just so good. So what have you been playing while you drink that Christmas sale? Oh, so I I took a break from Factorio. Um, I was playing that heavily the last time we were doing the spotlight. And I moved on to playing some Final Upgrade. So I went through and uh, played all the way through. Got to the end game where I basically had control of the entire um, star cluster, I guess you would call it, right? So all enemies got wiped out and I controlled everything. And got to the 1 billion, it's either 1 billion or 1 trillion population. I think it's 1 billion population. So 
got there, which is the, you know, that's like launching the rocket in, in Factorio or researching the end game in DSP, you know, it's a e- e equivalent there. So did that. And then last couple weeks I've been playing Dyson sphere program. I started two different maps was playing a uh, minimal resources, which is very tough, especially since my star cluster had, I think, less than 100,000 spiniform total. Silicon? No, the spiniform stalagmites or whatever. The stuff you can make. Uh, the whole galaxy? The entire star cluster. Woo. The entire star cluster, yeah, had less than 100,000. So, yeah, it's one of those. I was relegated to making carbon nanotubes with the OG recipe instead of the rares recipe. That's rough to do anything. Yeah. And luckily <laughs> they released the new Mark II uh, chemical plant, the quantum chemical plant. So yeah, that'll help. While it was rough not having all that spiniform, it actually helped uh, <laughs> having the chemical plant that makes it twice as fast. So very nice. Not the end of the world, yep. but yeah. What about you? What have you been playing? I've actually been, uh, well, I played a lot of shapes, but outside of that, I've taken a bit of a break from factory automation games. Um, I got Hades on the Switch. It's a game that I've played a ton on my PC, and I discovered that, well, it was on sale, it was on, sale on the Switch, and I discovered that you can sync your saves between the Switch and the Steam version. So I've been playing a fair bit of that. Uh, always a very excellent game. And then I also got a game called The Last Spell for on, on Steam, and that's been uh, eating up a lot of my time lately. It's a sort of tower defense roguelike kind of thing. Uh, you're building up a town and have to protect it at the end of each night from an invasion. Um, quite enjoyable. Um, some parts of it are a little tedious, but it's got that steady progression drip dopamine hit that's hard to put down. It almost has a similar graphical vibe to if you took Diablo and made it a little more cartoony. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit like that. Yep. Got the ISO view to it. Looks like a fun game. I might have to check that one out. Yeah, I would uh, maybe recommend it, though it will eat up a fair bit of time, especially if you get sort of analysis paralysis and building your deciding what which things to build and which things to buy in between rounds of fighting like i do i started playing with the uh satisfactory the blueprinting machine although it didn't get very far didn't have a chance to really delve into it too much but definitely could tell i'm going to love it very much once i get into it because you know you build a nice uh nice section of factory you finally get it laid out perfectly and then it's one of those oh i gotta make this 12 more times it'd be nice to just copy paste it down so definitely looking forward to getting more into that i also played a a fair chunk of tiny folks i think i had started it a little bit when we were last recording but i i played through a a full end-to-end beating the game of it um, it was a little easy, but it's a fun, almost like a mini darkest dungeon kind of thing. Enjoyable, but very bite-sized. Uh, it's cheap. I wouldn't pay very much for it. It's but it's only four bucks to begin with, so it's not so bad. Very it's side scrolly. Oh yeah, very lo-fi graphics. I mean, it's overwhelmingly positive reviews though. So, yep, it's fun. 
I'm uh, I'm still haven't gotten through the backlog of games that I bought at the last Steam sale, and they're about to have another one though. So <laughs> I'm a little bit annoyed at that. Yeah, that's. I played about three minutes of Sweet Transit, which is an interesting, uh, very logisticsy game. But uh, at least one Factorio dev was involved in the creation of it. But I haven't gotten into it enough to really talk about it. I played 37 minutes, and most of that was just tutorial. I'll I'll get more into that. It's a train game. Very all, all trains all the time. Thanks for joining us tonight. If you have any suggestions for us, please let us know. Feel free to join us over on our Discord server where we talk about automation and factory games, other games. You can ask questions about game mechanics. We can discuss upcoming releases or head over to our website, bottleneckgaming.com and check out the games database. The community is constantly growing on Discord. It's getting to be a, a nice little group there. We'll see you next time. As always, the factory must grow.